Okay, welcome to Broken Silicon, a PC hardware and gaming podcast. Dan is dying laughing because I completely fucked up the intro <laughs> the first time I tried there. But it's all right. We got it now. It's all good. How you doing, Dan? Uh, pretty good. Um, You're wearing your signature. What is that called? Shirt. I don't know. It's, like a little like sweat, a, a sweat, a sweat, sweater thing. It looks like a sweater, but you could use it for fencing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. And as usual, it's covered in dog hair. Uh, that's unavoidable for me. So, especially when I'm with your dog. Yeah, Dan is with my dog right now. He is at the headquarters of Moore's Law's Dad I'm in the compound. <laughs> He's in the compound. That was pretty tricky. The guy at the door almost. Shot you. You tried to come in. Yeah, it was like Tom's brother. Sure. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. The first story is just kind of the idea of there being five different GPU manufacturers within the next two years. I mean, I build it as in 2020 because it's kind of catchy as a thumbnail, yeah. but they. Well, no, all of those should be out in 2020, supposedly. But I wouldn't expect to buy all five of them on Newegg in 2020. Uh, Although, maybe. I mean, yeah, the, the one I would say 2020 definitely is Intel. Of I'm course, not quite yeah. sure about uh, ARM or Jingjia because there really isn't that much publicly out and, there about ARM. Yet. I don't know if I made it clear. We're talking about the fact that more GPU manufacturers are entering the space. I did a video on that. Um, about NVIDIA's greed as will spawn many GPU competitors. We know Intel's entering the market. We also know ARM is planning to enter the market, although we don't know anything else besides that they're working on making their cards work well on the most powerful engines. But that could still just mean they're making like 10 watt APUs. That yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean they're making anything high end. Who but knows? then there's Jingjia. And their support for different APIs looks sketchy, but it looks like they might release some gaming cards for at least the Chinese market. Yeah, it looks like they're at least trying to. It, but based on those reports, what they were only releasing like one or two cards, wasn't that right? Or Yeah, and that's the, well, there's two things to that story that I think are very interesting. The first thing is that. If you look at their previous generation, I think it's also 28 nanometer, but it uses DDR4. And it's as strong as a GT640, like an MX110. Like, this thing is crazy weak. And then in a year later, they're going to release two. One that's a GTX 1050 performance and one that's a 1080. That's, it, again, these um, are specialized cards for the Chinese military. But the fact that they would compare it to a GTX 1080, they wouldn't do that unless they're going to sell it to gamers at some point. Yeah, and what was it still on 28 nanometer? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. And it uses HBM1. Yeah, yeah, so. Which is still more efficient than GDR6 by quite a lot. Yeah, and that's a, I guess that's a huge step up from what they made earlier, but who knows. And it <laughs> seems to be mostly bandwidth. It seems like, I think they're using GDR5. On the GTX 1050 competitor. Okay. And then they're just going to go straight to HBM. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of it except that they're talking about it. And it wouldn't surprise me if they got something. And it's going to use 200 watts. So, again, it's about exactly a 1080. Except it uses way cheaper components. Yeah. Well, cheaper than modern components. Maybe not cheaper than the 1080s components, actually. Yeah. Well, 
mature well, component nanometer is behind 16. That's what's yeah. so funny. They're, they're basically choosing to be two nodes behind, or at least a node and a half. Yeah. But 28 nanometer is from 2011. I guarantee they're getting like perfect yields. 600 I mean, millimeter squared dies. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine that those that node isn't like perfectly mature at this point. But no, uh, and this. So I guess is there anything you want to add to that though? Like, I think it's interesting, and I think you saw my point, and this is something I've been talking about over and over. Once you get to 100% profit margins, or even 50%, which there were some people arguing with me, like, oh, that's before the vendor markup, or that's before the Newegg markup. AMD's not actually making that profit margin. And it's like, well, you guys also understand I was being conservative, right? AMD yeah. could be making more than what I showed. In fact, the cost I use for GDR6 is probably double what it really cost them. So actually, if you're going to give me shit, keep in mind it's a guesstimate, and it could be 20% more or less in either direction. I really wouldn't worry about that 10% markup and like what they sell the actual die for. Yeah, and if we're talking about guesstimates, it's like, I don't think we know the exact pricing and selling structure for how all of these components are sold. And it's probably so. pretty complicated. Yeah, you would assume. Like, there's probably some cards that don't make profit, and then some, like the 2080 Ti, that I suspect make a 400% profit. Yeah, like a lot of them is just to sell off so they're not, so like this broken die isn't, or partially disabled die isn't just a complete wash. That's yeah. what I would suspect those but, smaller ones But the are. point is, a competitor can enter the space simply by outdated stuff. Some of it outdated, some of it the nicest. They can get the best cooler, the best memory that's publicly available. Anyone can buy HBM. Anyone can buy GDR6. They can buy the fastest stuff that they can afford to use properly and then they can just make a, a third of the profit, and it'd probably be competitive. Yeah. And, and those people assuming that it won't, that people won't buy it, I disagree completely. I, I know there'd be some people who won't, but if the price is right, like if they sold this for two fifty and it's stronger than a ten eighty, you know, so it's about a twenty, it's about as strong as a fifty seven hundred for two fifty, and it has HBM, people will buy that. I mean, especially, and I'm sure it would be good at certain things, too. Yeah, especially people trying to save money. Like, yeah. That don't buy the high-end card every generation, which is... I'm not sure where the percentage of fanboys breaks down is, but I'm guessing that's a pretty big portion of them. Yeah, another thing I want to touch on is people saying that they're not planning to sell this globally, Xinjia. And it's like, so? If they take 20% of the Chinese market, that's market... NVIDIA can't sell to. Yeah. That's still globally going to affect their stock that they can sell their cards for in other markets. Like, that just affects overall demand. Like, even if it's like a regional competitor, like let's say Tesla made <laughs> an, a United States-only graphics card and they only made three and they only were as strong as, you know, again, a 2060 and then like a 1660 and then like a 1650. And that's all they decided to bother with. Well, that'd still be a big deal if they were, only, or just, you know, they did something weird. It's only in South America. Some weird-ass thing like that. Yeah, a competitor is still a competitor. And my guess is, even if they only start out selling in the Chinese market, my guess is they'd be trying to expand, at least. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe but. not into America, but maybe into Japan, into Russia. And they do have do-it-yourself markets in those countries. Yeah. It affects them. And this is... And I've heard that there's other people working on it, too, by the way. I've heard Matrox, who used to make them, might be working on it. Via used to make graphics mm -hmm. cards. There's other people who have—well, Via makes them right now. 
there's there's room for Via to enter this Madrox. There's a couple others I forgot. I mean, there's small companies like um, what's the company that's making that monolithic die uh, that's only existed? Cerebrus. Yeah, Cerebrus. I don't think they're gonna screw uh, with this. Yeah, but, but I'm they could. And I'm saying they've only existed. Like I look back, they were created a few years ago. I think uh, a small startup could come in and try to make something too who knows and that, and that is what i talked about too is you could literally have a startup people and by the way people go how could there be a startup how could you just make a competitor well you, who do you think works at amd some people could leave amd and start their own company guys who yeah have the experience to design these things there are plenty of smart people that don't have to work at amd until our nvidia <laughs> yeah i don't know why this is and again the profit margins are there they're like we'll make a company and we'll only focus on two cards and if we only make well three cards or let's say i think you'd want to do four two uh, cards and you have a cut down version of both and that's yeah. it you just design two dies only <laughs> for gaming and then you will also probably be good at some random professional task yeah That'll sell, like that, that, and that'll be able to enter the market at a good price point when AMD and NVIDIA are <laughs> double what they should be. <laughs> Anyways, um, and this brings me to a reader mail question, which you can submit if you support me on Patreon and the Discord. Neil Lessheimer asks, do you think multi-GPU support will become a thing again as more manufacturers enter the market and drive down prices? So I like this question as part of what we were just talking about because I don't see AMD bothering with this for the time being. AMD's clearly just decided we need it to be just working inherently in DirectX 12. Well, There's no point in us programming it for a game. Let's get it at the API level. And I think NVIDIA's almost there and i think nvidia just realizes it'd be worth it to keep it on the 80 and like the 102 class silicon and that's it they like just as halo products and we only need to program it for two cards i mean what this uh, correct me if i'm wrong but like that this also requires some level of support from devs outside of them too so. yes and no a lot of it is them solving it after the game comes out yeah, Which but is why it always sucked to have Crossfire, because if you wanted it to work, well, you basically would wait a month after the game comes out, and then AMD and NVIDIA would have their Crossfire patch. Yeah, so I, I guess if we wanted it to be work well, <laughs> it would have to be on the developer side to an extent for it to really be useful, because I remember running Crossfire, and it was just, it worked. But it, it kept working less and less over the years, though. It, yeah, and eventually... It worked I just, really well in the 6000 series. Yeah, I, I used it with a 7950, and it worked pretty well, but... But then you kept going, and the, actually the 290X worked pretty well. That was the last time AMD did a push. It actually was better than NVIDIA on that gen. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was it was basically done. Polaris, they were like, <laughs> not even... I mean, they supported four-way crossfire with Polaris just because they were like, nah, why not? But they basically put in almost no effort. But what I like about this question, though, is I thought about if you were one of these smaller companies, like Zhengjia, and you only have two cards, it and might maybe, make sense to program Crossfire if you only have one or two dies. Maybe put a lot of work into trying to get Crossfire to work. Yeah. Um. I, I, I See, if you don't have to program 10 different cards, if it's just one a year. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. Then they, what, just put all of their efforts into making sure all of these flagship games, AAA games that come out every year, just make sure Crossfire works well. In those games. And, and they only need to program it on one card in like yeah. 100 games. Yeah. They could probably do that. So I do like that question. 
All right, story number two, the R5 3500. This was one of the CPUs we were wondering if Dan would consider getting. I'm guessing not anymore now that we know it's six cores, six threads. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm still leaning towards like, I don't know, the 2700X or something like that. And it's funny you keep saying 2700X instead of 3600. Do you think yeah. it is going to be cheaper? Yeah, um, we'll see. I, I mean, it's it, it all. You don't have. Do you have any intention of moving to one forty four hertz though? Then that's when you consider the thirty six hundred. I think. Not in the near future. No, I don't see myself getting a monitor for at least a couple of years. So. And you have a four K monitor. A four K, yeah, four K sixty hertz monitor. I got it like six, six years, years ago. ago. Yeah, six years ago. At least six. Isn't I'll, that dumb? It's been that long, and four K sixty. They're still not on four. Six years. Yeah, we, Jesus. Dan got a, what is it, three mil? It's in reality, like three millisecond, right? Because didn't yeah, you have to turn um, it down to not have problems? Yeah, so I would have, I was having chat, like, I don't know, ghosting issues with it. Uh, if I uh, upped it to the quote unquote one millisecond delay. Uh, so I had to move it to, I think, five millisecond yeah. delay. So you got this six years ago, and the picture quality is very good. I mean, we've watched movies on it. Yeah, it's good. It's a 28 inch monitor from Samsung. Six years old, five millisecond 4K, and this is still basically the standard. Yeah, col six hundred bucks, which is a lot, and color is a lot better now than it was when I got it. I think it's mostly viewing angles, though. As far as I can tell, yours is pretty accurate. Yeah, it's not as vibrant, we'll say. Yeah, exactly. And I noticed, like, if you you're looking at a black screen, there's like a little bit of light bleed, but yeah, but yeah. it's you know, <laughs> it's not an OLED. I mean, an uh. Not well, OLED. no, nothing is yet. Yeah, it's not It's not an OLED monitor, so. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that's what's funny, though, that I want to mention about the R5 3500 is the initial leak from Adored was that this was going to be 100 or 120. Right? I still think Adored's initial leak was mostly correct. Like, that was what AMD was targeting over a year ago. Guys, they were going to sell this for 120. They thought Intel would be on something Good. It's so <laughs> pathetic that this is now like going to be 150 or something, or yeah. 160 maybe. And I will say this too for people looking to upgrade. I almost got Threadripper again. The 1900X. That's the eight core, 16 thread Threadripper, and it has a it's 180 watt for an eight core, mm -hmm. but the base clock's 3.8 gigahertz, boost 4.1, and they're known to hit boost clocks at 4.3, so higher boost than Zen 2, I guess usually. <laughs> so that would have gamed well. And the yeah. funny thing is, is you could have upgraded that to Zen 3 Threadripper. So, and that was 170. <laughs> I know. You're, it's like ridiculous. It's like if that gets to 150, I don't know if I can wait. It's all about when I have time to upgrade at this point. If I see that go to 150, I'm just going to get that, I think. I mean, it might be the same thing for me because the only time that's such a good deal. And the, the best times it's going to be convenient for me to upgrade are like within the next year, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, yeah, I think me and you are basically waiting for Thanksgiving to upgrade. Yes, because I don't want to spend an entire weekend upgrading a PC and then have to. When we could be playing Borderlands or. Yeah, and then go to work the next day and having the next. And what if it doesn't work? And you get home and it still doesn't work. <laughs> that's what always sucks. Yeah. When, you, when you're building a PC and then you get home and you realize it still doesn't work. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> All right, love DOA move, RAM. <laughs> that's always the RAM, it seems. <laughs> let's move on to number three. Boost clocks being fixed in Zen 2. So this is, it's been well known that Zen 2 doesn't boost as high as we wanted it to on most motherboards. And everyone thought, well, you know, I guess, well, there are a lot of people saying AMD and Adored lied. 
Um, I don't know. Have you followed any of this drama? Because I've seen some channels making like AMD bashing videos. And um, I know a lot of people gave DeBauer, I think it was, a lot of shit. Although I don't, I didn't watch the video, but it didn't sound like he was doing much. Frankly, it sounded like AMD fanboys were just attacking him because he was critical of AMD. And remember, AMD is truth. I mean, yeah, if AMD fucks up at all, like... You can't bring that up. Well, no, you can't blame them. It's not their fault that their clocks weren't as yeah, good as they should Intel's have Yeah, it's Intel's fault from 2004. It's still Intel's yeah. fault from 2004 anytime AMD Did you know up. AMD had to sue Intel? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It, Dude, all the shit we're going to get from some people for this. I mean, it's, I'm just so sick of the AMD fanboys. It's. I mean, it, hopefully it's a fixable solution like they're saying it is. Well, so... It's funny, Steve. I saw Steve um, in the private in a private Discord I'm a part of with for creators talking about this that he always thought it was just a BIOS issue because some of the BIOSes perform significantly better. And he told me that too. I was considering getting a micro ATX ASRock board. And he said, "Don't get that one if you're going to get a powerful CPU because it just doesn't boost as high." Oh, so you mean like BIOSes as far as like between uh, different companies? Okay, so yeah, I mean, that was... But he said in general, they all seem... But AMD says they just straight up found a bug. And Adored recently had a video come out where he talks about how there's a chance it wasn't really an issue, but they found something weird. And so AMD just limited the boost clock at launch to play it safe while they worked out a bug. Okay. Which is why I don't buy CPUs at launch, by the way. I mean, that's not a bad I don't, idea. Th although it doesn't sound like anyone is uh, unhappy. <laughs> But there's Zen 2 purchases, so I can't say. If you needed to upgrade, I'm sure yeah. you're happy you did right away. It's, it's just, just it's just a blemish on a almost perfect launch, I would say. It kind of is. The price performance is so much better than Intel, though, and the efficiency is so much better. No one really cares. But and, and the security, right? That's what it is. That's the thing people keep a lot of people ignore the security problems. They're like Honestly, the biggest thing. But yeah, so I never really talked about this. I had a lot of people asking me what my opinion was of the boost clocks. And I just straight up said, I don't think AMD's lying, first of all. They do boost to the boost clock on some motherboards. And I think the problem is people are acting like boost clock is the same as what Intel counts it as. So Intel's been the standard for 10 years. And everyone knows an Intel boost clock, it will boost to that boost clock, at least on one or two cores. Mm -hmm. But it didn't always used to, by the way. It used to only do one core. I mean, to be fair, though, like AMD knows that that's the standard that of what we think about now, though. So even if it's not boosting to that, that's I don't know. I honestly make it the same argument as TDP for Intel. I agree, they are except, that, except it's a little less egregious. Well, are they lying? Intel says this is meant for 95-watt cooling, and then what they put in an asterisk, that means it's going to throttle a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, And that's just the decision Intel's made. And, and you know why they made it? Because a lot of applications, when they render, when they encode, they're done within 10 seconds. And so they want that extra 10% boost for 10 seconds. And then after that, it throttles. That's a decision mm -hmm. Intel made. That's how they build their processors. They build them to throttle like crazy. They really do. Yeah. And AMD built these things to have selective cores boost to the top when it can, when it needs to. I honestly almost just think it's a different way of looking at things. And we're just used to Intel's boost clock meaning one thing. That doesn't mean AMD's does. And by the way, and, AMD's well, always worked this way with Zen. Zen 1 worked like this. Zen Plus work like this? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess if if this isn't completely solved by whatever patch they implement, 
I don't know, maybe a more accurate way to put it would be to say it doesn't boost. It has dynamic clocks up to like... Well, it does boost one core, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it does have a boost clock. Yeah. It's just we're used to Intel, who has 14 nanometer forever, and <laughs> now it's so mature it can boost multiple cores. I don't know. I, I'm not defending AMD. I just I think a lot of people look at this and go, I can't get all my cores to four point, you know, whatever, six gigahertz. Where, where did they promise you could? One core can. Well, yeah, and that's, I, I guess that is true that, uh, especially with like overclocking, it's people kind of expect that with Intel, you should just be able to well, get past. But chiplets allows clock. AMD to do ultra binning. So mm-hmm. they know exactly how this thing's going to boost. When you see a base clock on an AMD processor, that's the base clock. You overclock from there, unlike Intel, where you just know it can get to the boost clock from overclocking it higher. Yeah. It's just different. And yeah. I and I and again the one thing I will say is I did see that DeBauer found that a lot of his CPUs on some motherboards couldn't even get to the boost clock on one core. So that's let's not be, good. <laughs> no. So I want to be clear. I'm not saying that's okay, but supposedly AMD has a fix. And again, though, the fact that some motherboards didn't have this problem, I don't know. I just don't think it's like as simple as either saying AMD lied or AMD or that AMD did nothing wrong. It's just like, well. I don't think it's a big deal. It's just a different way of looking at things, and let's just see if it gets fixed. Yeah, I, I, I guess I so agree. Qu- I wouldn't be so quick to call AMD a liar, but I wish they boosted higher, <laughs> right? And so we all <laughs> yeah. know they don't now. Yeah, and to some extent, even with this fixed, I guess some of the damage to the brand would have already been done, but it doesn't seem like most people really care about this. Well, it's because it's so much better. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's so much, it's, it's it's you know what it's like? It's like the thermal paste in Haswell. Thermal paste, wait. And and Ivy Bridge. Ivy Bridge and Onward um, use thermal paste instead of soldering the IHS. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone said, well, it's still 100 times better than AMD, so who cares? <laughs> and I feel like that's what's going on right now, is now AMD is getting the benefit of the doubt. Because people are like, well, what are we going to do? Buy a buy a worse product? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But if that that will change eventually, maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know what's going on <laughs> with Intel. All right, number four, Tiger Lake. I thought this was kind of interesting um, that Tiger Lake supposedly might have higher IPC than Ice Lake, and if they can actually fix boost, like maintain boost clocks on ten nanometer. I just think it'd be funny if some of these laptop chips had like 25% higher IPC than Coffee Lake. <laughs> and then they also boosted to like 4.4, 4.5 gigahertz. And we got to a point where their mobile quad cores were better than their like eight core desktop processors <laughs> at gaming. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's what this is about Tiger Lake, which it looks like Tiger Lake might actually get PCIe 4.0 at the end of next year and all these other features. I don't. I don't know what my thoughts on this are too much, honestly. But I just threw it in there because it's coming. The problem I have with Intel's position is that they're basically locked to quad cores with high IPC until they can fix 10 nanometer, and there's no evidence they'll fix 10 nanometer until the end of 2021. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I, so they're just basically screwed in server and desktop. Uh, desktop, and they, and I think they might have security mitigations in Tiger Lake. But guess what? Tiger Lake isn't Coffee Lake. They use Coffee Lake for server. Um, well, they use they use actually 
well, it, it, it's not the same actually as Coffee Lake, but it, it's just a matter of, uh, well, I guess why can't they implement Tiger Lake sooner? It's just not a mature enough node, right? No, 10 nanometers is a shit show. Although yeah. it is launching in products. Um, I put a little thing there. So these badass NUC. Well, no, <laughs> Razor. Razor is launching oh, okay. a new netbook. Mm-hmm. It's that stealth, that little one they make. Yeah. And it's going to have a quad core Ice Lake 10 nanometer that runs at like 4.6 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. Or four point, I think, it, no, it's less than that. It's like 4.4, 4.3, I think. Um, <laughs> 4.6 would be. But it's, you know, it's a 10 watt quad core on 10 mm-hmm. nanometer. Yeah, and that's impressive. With 20% higher IPC. <laughs> and, and, and they're also going to put a GTX 1650 in it. Yeah, I saw that. Something the size of this. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, man. I, 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 mean, but, I guess. But, but to be fair, I paid $1,200 for my NB with an MX250. The 1650, this, this thing is going to cost like $2,400. Yeah, I mean, I guess we know Intel's bread and butter, at, the, at least right now, is high-end laptops. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of not on laptops, let's move on to number five. Five gigahertz, all-core boost, 9900K, and their advertisement is, of course, (laughs) five gigahertz equals five gigahertz. And they're going to release it right at the same time as the 3950X. I think that's funny. I mean, Um, AMD asked for this. Yeah, this is a good move on Intel's part, I guess. Capitalizing on the fuck-up by AMD uh, with what we were talking about a couple news stories ago, I mean... Yeah, I, I I get what they're doing here. <laughs> it's weird though. They talked about the ninety nine hundred KS, and AMD's talked about the thirty nine fifty X for months, and neither are out yet. It, I, there's a lot of people, dude. Every day, someone messages me, "Hey, Moore's Law is dead. When's the thirty nine fifty X coming out?" And I'm like, "It looks like within a month, at <laughs> <laughs> some point." <laughs> yeah, but when? Within a month. Yeah, who knows. When honestly, AMD could launch it right now if they wanted to, but they're probably waiting for specific reasons. I the, what I want to say about this though is, I just think you guys got to remember the 3950X is going to be clocked higher, and there's rumors that these ones will actually get decent. Well, I've heard that they're going to actually give it decent boost clocks, all core on these ones, mm-hmm. and that I hope they do. It would really behoove them to actually do that to actually launch something where all cores boost to 4.5 gigahertz, because that will crush the 9900KS. And in fact, this will probably be like a 125 watt 16 core then, mm-hmm. versus a, <laughs> oh, I know it has a, you know, a 125 watt TDP, but I'm sure it's really like 180. Well, I mean, once again, unless you like throttling. Uh, Intel, well, and that's my point though. Intel but, says this is just gonna throttle like crazy after 10 seconds. Well, I mean, and that's, brings up another funny thing is if there it does throttle like crazy the irony of five gigahertz equaling five gigahertz <laughs> oh yeah because no it doesn't <laughs> not in and that uh, not it's still i i wonder what they're going to charge too it just came out that they're dropping the prices of their hedt processors i heard almost in half which duh <laughs> you can't charge I don't know how much they were charging. I've lost track because I don't look at Intel that much anymore. But like $1,500 for a 14 core. What? Oh, you're talking about when we get that high up, I have no clue. Like, Yeah. It's, Dan it's just point- shook his head like. It's it's pointless to keep. Oh, yeah. $3,000 for that. What is like 28 core? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> when you can get a 32 core from AMD right now for 1800 
Yeah, and IPC is actually well. That one's still Zen Plus. I'm saying IPC is comparable at this point it's as opposed to like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm talking Especially about when we're going. I'm talking about when we're going back to like bulldozer products where it's just like, oh yeah, they had more cores, but also they just didn't work. Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say that's all I'm saying is people thinking this is going to be the new gaming champ is eh, wait for the 3950x. I wouldn't be so sure. AMD doesn't allow this to boost another 10% higher than the other ones, and that's all it would take. I mean, the 9900K already boosts on its own to like 4.5 in some benchmarks, yeah. even at stock. Now, throttle pretty quickly after that, but <laughs> no, people tend to run 10-second benchmarks for some reason. All right, number six. This was a pretty big leak. There, you know, let me just preface this by saying I had a lot of people asking me over and over about Threadripper. In fact, one person specifically said, Hey, Red Gaming Tech did another video on Threadripper. Do you have any opinion? And I said, No. Why? Because no information has changed for a month. <laughs> Nothing. I told you everything a month ago. And why would I make a new video? By the way, on a side note, he also just had a video come out called Zen 3 Clocked Faster Than Zen 2. What? <laughs> what a fucking Nostradamus, this guy. Wait. So you're telling me. So you're telling me. Dude, he could have no source and just say that and then have like a 70%, 75% I'm, chance of being right. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say. Zen 4 Uh-oh. might have more cores than Zen 2. Oh, my God. Guys, you heard it here first. And, yeah, I am basically a hardware engineer, so I know all of this. So, Hey, I have a prediction. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, <clears throat> I have a leak. Le- oh, oh, wait. It's a leak, not it's a, a leak. prediction. Oh, the shit. next Gen i3s will have more threads than the current Gen i3s. Whoa. Dude, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I mean, I just, stuff like that. So I just want to say, if I don't have an update, feel free to, this is what reader mail's for. If you have a specific question, ask me. But if you go, why haven't you updated your Threadripper for info? Because there wasn't anything new. But now there is. And that's when I made that big, you know, like 14-minute Threadripper information overview. And I think we're seeing why Threadripper was delayed. Well, it's really for two reasons. Number one, they don't need, they could literally not, release Threadripper on Zen 2 and have a better HEDT lineup than Intel. (laughs) I mean, let's break it down. Right now, there's Zen plus Threadripper goes up to 32 cores, 64 PCIe lanes. What? (laughs) And it's less, like, all their processors are like half the price per core is Intel. There's no point. There's just no point in them bothering um, but so they're taking their time, and it looks like they're just <laughs> going to go for, like, the ultimate workstation, like stuff where people go, it doesn't make sense. But I've always said it would make sense. If it was up to me, I would have just kept it quad-channel 32 cores, because maybe go up to 48 cores, because who cares? Like, honestly, we've won. But, you know, there is something to be said for just grinding your competition into the dust. And so just to summarize... Yeah. What we know is this. There's three <laughs> chipsets. TRX40, TRX80. Wait, three chipsets for uh, Threadripper. Just. For the next gen yeah, Threadripper. Yeah, just to be clear. And then WRX80. So three. So the second I saw those names, I'm like, boom. 40, four-channel. Four 80, eight-channel. WRX80. Cortex said that he, think, he has a hunch they're going to go to dual socket. 
Maybe. Well, let me see what's on. Let me actually double check this. CPU backwards compatibility. Okay. They all <laughs> should be backwards compatible. But if you put the old Zen 1 in, you only get four memory channels. Okay. Yeah, so uh, there's no confirmation. All it says is workstation. And I'm like, I think that could mean there's two sockets. But I don't know. I But let's be clear. We don't know what else it could do. So there yes. could be more PCIe lanes. They could double the PCIe lanes. Yeah, it goes up to 128. It's just a matter of like if both of them have eight channel, what is the distinction between TRX and WRX? Well, I would guess they will definitely have more PCIe lanes, actually. But we don't know if there'll be two sockets. And yeah, and that's something I've heard several people hint that AMD is considering, just because they don't care. And, and there are a lot of people that say, why would they bother with two sockets on Threadripper? Wouldn't that just kill their epic sales? And I would answer, no. There are special programs and um, features built into their epic chipsets that aren't in the other ones. No, very few professional companies are going to just say, hey, we're buying Threadrippers. Like, that's not, and they're built to do different things a little bit. And also, they're gonna, I think, um, I do think they might limit these to 48 cores. So if they limit these to 48 cores, that answers your question right there. You can't get a dual 64, you know, socket. And just because they add more PCIe lanes, they might not add quite as many as Epic. Like, they might just do some limited segmentation there. That was my initial thought, is this might cannibalize the Epic market a little bit, but I, I, I really don't know. Once we're getting to so many cores, I don't know exactly. The distinctions that make epic. Did you watch than my Threadripper video? Uh, I don't remember if I did or not. Well, I, I end it by saying what I would do. And what I said is this I would actually keep making Zen 1 Threadripper, not Zen Plus, but Zen 1. Because they, they never actually made, by the way, Zen Plus Threadripper for customers. Mm -hmm. They only brought that to consumers because it uses the same chiplets as, you know, 2700X. Yeah. So they were like, eh, why not? And so they brought that to consumers. So eventually that's going to be done. Mm -hmm. They'll stop making 2700Xs. However, they've won contracts with AWS servers with Amazon a long time ago with Epic One. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to keep making Epic Ones for several customers no, for a couple true. of years. Keep making 1900Xs. Sell them for 150 bucks. And then keep selling the 12-core version for 200 Keep selling the 16-core version. Those ones are still really expensive, actually. But they're 16 cores, so those ones will probably continue to command like a $500 price. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. And then you jump up to $800, I think, for a 16-core, so four quad-core chiplets. Mm -hmm. Right. So these that'd be easy. You could clock that faster and sell for $800. A 16, so $50 more than the AM4 version but it's clocked faster. Mm -hmm. Then for $1,200, you sell a 24-core. Mm -hmm. And then for fifteen dollars to 1800 I don't know what they would decide, you sell 32-core. And then for 2500 to 3000 you sell a 48-core. Now, I know what you're thinking. If I could put two $2,500 48-cores, wouldn't that cannibalize Epic? Well, you can buy Epic right now on Newegg. And them, uh, you can get them for like seven thousand bucks, six thousand bucks for the sixty-four core models. Yeah, and I bet these Threadripper things would 
So if they go up to, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If they go up to 2,500, it's actually not that much a better and, deal. And you also <laughs> than have to just add, getting Epic. And it also begs the question: How expensive are these motherboards going to be? These WRX? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Like a thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. A thousand dollars for a WRX motherboard. Um, maybe more than the Epic motherboards, actually. And then the TRX 80, I would expect to be 500 to 600. And then the the one I want, the TRX 40, uh, right? Because the quad channel one will be enough memory for 32 cores. Yeah. That's what I'd want. 24 cores with quad channel memory. Perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, gamers don't really need eight channels. Gamers yet. and professional people usually don't. Yeah, if you're so doing hybrid workloads, all different types of stuff, yeah. some single core, some multi-core. It's mostly about multitasking. The fact that when I open up 10 Chrome tabs, it doesn't right now look at my monitors and I'm moving between things. My CPU is probably running at 70% right now, by the way. Yeah, that's like it's busy. That's the thing that people can easily forget about is how extensive just running multiple And then I'll be rendering is. and gaming at the same time. Yeah. Because Again, Radeon 7 is capable of rendering and gaming at the same time at reasonable <laughs> frame rates, which is pretty sweet. I know. I lo- uh, sometimes uh, when we're playing, you're just like, why is it not performing super well? Oh, I'm rendering. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I'm rendering this two-hour uh, broken <laughs> silicon thing. That's stupid. I just insist on having that burning fire. <laughs> it takes hours to render, but I'm just going to do it. That's the standard I've set. You know? Yeah, that dope-ass burning fire. <laughs> yeah, in the background where I've had people with OLED TVs saying, can you not ruin my OLED TV? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I think it looks cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I wouldn't be so sure this cannibalizes Epic. That's my point. Yeah. Once you get up to about 3000 bucks, it's getting into Epic prices. And here's the other thing I like about 48 cores. The top Threadripper chips are usually 250 watts in the second tier are like 180, right? The top, yes, sorry, yeah. Well, the top Epic chips are usually like 215 to 225. Yeah. Well, so that means it's easy. You take the 48 cores that aren't as efficient but can clock higher, and you make them 250-watt 48 cores and sell them for less. (laughs) Like, that's, they're not cannibalizing their sales. It's like, it's like, yeah, why would I get, why would I get a, $4,000 $4,000 48-core when I can get a $2,500 48-core. Because this one's 20% more efficient. If it's running 24-7, that's what this is for. Yeah, like the server engineer you had on said, uh, efficiency is king with it's, these things. It's, it's first, second, and third place in importance. Yes. <laughs> Some people just <laughs> don't get. <laughs> this brings us to Queen Bean 5G. Oh, shit, does he have 5G? Or she? I, I think know. he might be a time traveler with 5G. Oh, well, why would you assume what gender this person has, Dan? Queen. Queen can be a man or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, of course, you can message with reader mail if you support me on Patreon. He asks, hey, Tom, copying over what I thought in the tech news over there, the first thought that came to mind when I saw TRX 40 and 80 was number of PCIe lanes. Like, TRX 40 would be new entry-level chipset with 40 PCIe. TRX 80 is the successor, providing 80 up from 64. It's interesting that they would use 40 and 80 instead of 4 and 8 to represent numbers of RAM channels. It's actually not interesting because they have to add a stupid zero after everything in this well, market. Why Why 2700X? Why not 270X? Why not the 2.7X? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They always have to add a zero. Well, that's, that's what everything. So what sounds cooler, Dan? TRX 40 or TRX 4? 
Ah, TRX I think I just wanted to kill myself for TRX four. It sounds like I'm. I don't know. I have this sad, shitty ATV or something. I, I was about to say, <laughs> I feel like I just got some like weird, uh, like East Asian knockoff of like a Toyota pickup truck. The TRX4, <laughs> only in the Philippines. That's what that sounds like to me. Not to insult my viewers in the Philippines. There's probably one person. There might be one. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's what that sounds like. You know, some mom and pop shop and they call it the TRX4. Should have called it the 40. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 questioning why there's a zero at the end of any name in a, most spaces, really. It's like, well, a bigger number looks looks bigger. And they're like, oh, that's the bigger thing. I should get yeah, but that. But that one's bigger. Yeah, exactly. That, but why? Yeah, like the Ford F-150. Why do we call it the Ford F-15? No, this it is, better be a fighter jet. This has 150 Fs. Hundred. It doesn't give a. It doesn't give a fuck. A hundred and fifty times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why they would name it that. Now, your idea that it might be PCIe lanes. That's an interesting idea. Like, I actually think it is. Eight, but eight, wait. I don't know that it's that important to name it that. Wait. Do you mean forty or eighty tied to the chipset itself? Yeah. So he he's making the argument. What if TRX forty had forty instead of the existing sixty four, and it was a new budget Threadripper? Well, I don't think they would do that, though. Why do you need a budget Threadripper? They do. I, Buy old X399. Or just get, like, a fucking Zen. Uh, get a yeah, Ryzen chip. If you want a budget Threadripper, you get a peasant Intel chip. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But a budget Threadripper. I mean, I guess I'm thinking of getting a budget Threadripper thing, so. Yeah, but that's a $300 motherboard. Yeah. But, that, but a budget one would become X570 prices, and they don't want that. Yeah. They want you to pay up more. Yeah, because you're yeah. So up. no, I guess I don't agree. I thought it was an interesting idea, though. I did TRX forty for forty PCIe lanes. Hey, if they made a 250 40 PCIe lane, I would be more interested in that. Yeah, honestly, I don't need sixty four, <laughs> but I don't think that's what it is. I think all evidence points to here's what we know: there's three chipsets. Okay, forty and eighty. That tells me there's going to be a four channel one that probably is about the same price as the existing ones. Mm -hmm. An eight-channel one with PCI 4.0 that will probably be $400, $500. And then a WRX one. We don't know what that is. That will almost assuredly have more PCIe lanes, up to 128 to just raffle stomp Intel. Right. But a chipset that if has three times the PCIe lanes of Intel. Yeah, a, a chipset really, if you're game if you're mostly interested in gaming, like you're Which not I'm not this. really anymore. You're not. I'm saying general consumer yeah. because for me, I am like. I mean, yeah, I'm, I know you are. You totally are. Yeah. I mean, I do some uh, productivity stuff with like, uh, like at for this home. channel sometimes now too, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and just there's some of that with biology, but it's not like I'm. Oh doing, right. It's not like you're doing intense rendering with that. It's nothing more complicated than in working with an Excel graph. So, <laughs> some of those graphs get a little ridiculous, though. Yeah. Maybe a little programming. But but, but the but. point is, I don't know what WRX does. None exactly, of us do. Exactly, exactly. But what, hey, this is like a red gaming tech prediction. It will probably have more PCIe lanes. It'll what else will it have? I think it would be interesting if they just let you have two sockets. It would be hilarious. It would make Intel's market done. And, and think of it this way, too. 
What if they charged only like seven fifty for those motherboards? Oh, it'd probably be eight hundred. What if they charge eight hundred for those motherboards, four hundred for TRX eighty, and then like three hundred for TRX forty, right? And then they actually allow you to put dual two fifty watt, four point five gigahertz, forty eight cores. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, it's over. That's why, and that's where, where people go, why would AMD do this? To make it completely over. To make it so over, there's no point in Intel trying anymore. That's why. And I think AMD's bloodthirsty. <laughs> and they should be. They, they, they've, I've said this before in my podcast with Cortex, where he says, do you think it would make sense for them to do all this stuff with Zen 3 so soon? And I was like, yes. You have two years before Intel starts waking up and you have four years before Intel punches back. You want to put your boot on their neck as hard as you can for two years. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they're not out of the market yet. Uh, they're not obviously out of the market yet. This would push them out of the HDT market. It would be It would be like pile driver and gaming. It would be over. It would be yeah. so... It would be like Skylake versus pile driver. Yes. Over. Like, this is... What are we talking about anymore? We have... Skylake i3 is beating eight core pile drivers. Well, what are we talking about? As a proud former owner of a pile driver, it was a little better than Bulldozer Town. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so many people still get mad at me. Hey, my pile driver was really good for 120. The same price as an i3? Probably. Yeah, that's why I bought it. <laughs> yeah, and it was better at multitasking than the i3. Exactly. I know. And yeah. I, I know. And I it was will- not as good at gaming, though, as a Skylake i3. Yeah. I Which w- our cousin, we built her a pro, uh, gaming PC a few years ago with like a Skylight, a KB like Well, you I3. did. You pretty much did that. And I got it for a good deal. It was 130. <laughs> and yeah, it was, I, I got it to 4.8 gigahertz. That's yeah. better than anything on Pile Driver. Yeah. Even if it's just four threads. Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't, again, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, guys. Guys, it has double the IPC. Stop trying to crucify me. Eight, had eight cores though, Tom? <laughs> Well, AMD just settled a lawsuit. I, I know. <laughs> so, no. That, that's, <laughs> that's another story that we can get to later. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, number seven, 15 chiplet Epic is coming. So, remember, right now, what do we have? One for the IO die, yeah. and then f- eight for the processor course. That's nine. So, it's going to have five more. This uh, is the rumored Zen. Wait, this is what more? I was told was in Zen 3, by the way. Six more? Six more, yeah. Six more, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm looking at this article. Most of their conjectures that they're going to put, like, HBM on it as, like, what, an L4, L5 cast or something like that? So, or? think of what they could do, though. If they have to add six more, they go and... You've seen how it looks, Well, right? and how many... They could go one, two, three, four. No one can see me right now, but Dan can. One, two, He's three. He's poking around in the We're going to do a lot of visual humor for you guys now. <laughs> uh, they could... <laughs> But if you think of, if I try to describe it, if you think of how Zen 2 is organized, it's like there's eight CPU core chiplets, mm-hmm. but there's four quadrants of cores yes. around the I.O. die, right? There's an I.O. die in the middle. There's four quadrants of two chiplets. You could put cash for each one of those quadrants. Or, or hear me out, you could also add a stacked memory chiplet and then four more core chiplets. So you could go up to 80 cores and then add one giant cache of HBM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think would make sense. Which, yeah, that that's, that's the, By the way, guys, that's what I was told Zen 3 is. That's what Adored said it was too a while ago. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, what what was it? DDR four could only handle up to eighty cores or something like that, right? All right. Um, you'd have to elaborate on that one. I I I, I, I saw I'm that just though. Referencing the article, I don't know what that means exactly, but yeah, I didn't dig into that. What I know is this: they can kind of add as many chiplets as they want every generation. If you look at Zen 2's Epic, there's like a lot of spare room there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just doing what... This is something I keep explaining to people, too. They're going step by step. Why would they go to Zen 4 right away? Let's just take it step by step. Zen 1, Infinity Fabric. Zen Plus, we fix the latency. Zen 2, we're adding chiplets for cores. Zen 3, we're adding chiplets for cores and memory, and we're doing an architecture overhaul again. Zen 4, stacking of all these different things. Like 3D stacking, you mean, right? Possibly. Or, But I think they might still be just side stacking for now. Okay. I think Zen 5... I've heard Zen 4 might 3D stack, though. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, So, yeah, actually, I want to be clear about that. I think Zen 4 might be an entirely new architecture. Like, Zen 1, 2, 3 was like... Um, Zen 1 was kind of its own thing. And then two and three are one, two punches. Mm-hmm. And then you move on and Zen four and five are other one, two punches. Like whole, like throw everything out. Zen four is completely new. Yeah. Everyone thinks Zen two is new. It's not. It just separates the IO die. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I guess, I don't know, like if we're going with the idea that they're adding HBM as chiplets, like how much storage would, I mean, not storage, how much memory would that be? Depends what they use. If they use HBM two, um, I would assume they'll use a 1,024-bit bus, so that's mm-hmm. a four four gigabytes, which is a lot of cash. Yeah, I mean, let's get into that. <laughs> and people need to understand these cores are communicating with each other with the memory, and then sending that to sending those commands to things on motherboards. Yeah. Every time you can save how far electron has to move and come back you're saving efficiency, you're increasing performance. So putting even just four gigabytes on the die as an L4 cache could, boom, 20% IPC increase. Just right there. Yeah, potentially. And in some applications, 100, right? Like, Well, it, and that's keep keeping in mind if the main bottleneck is the transportation of that electron, which... But there are some things where it is. Something, like yeah, high yeah. refresh rate gaming. Yeah. So if they use HBM2E... Which I did a video on on Moore's Law is Dead on YouTube. <laughs> uh, like and subscribe to that video. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Share it. Could be eight gigabytes. Okay. Actually, it could be twelve, but it probably be I, eight. I, I they I, go I, up to twelve stacks now in HBM two E. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. But I mean, I would have to guess that they if that, that's what they're putting on it right now. I would have to think they it would probably be four gigabytes in the first. The iteration. rumor I heard is that the AM four version is one gigabyte. So keep in mind, okay. they could also stack it lower. So they could, instead of going up to 1,024, they could go up to 256. They could, just one gigabyte. But on Epic, though, they probably go up to four. Yeah, and that's just kind of my thought is, it, yeah, I, I guess on Epic, four gigabytes doesn't sound that outside. On AM4, I think they go to one. And here's the thing I want to be clear about, everyone. They're like, why would that, wouldn't that be expensive? Yes, that will be expensive. It will cost money. That's it. <laughs> so what they would do then is they'll launch the... So I think there might be a refresh late this year or early next year. Again, this is potentially, right? I'm not predicting, but let's speculate a little bit. They could do a refresh with higher um, frequencies of Zen 2. 
And then late, late next year or early 20, right? Because it's coming to Epic first, right? I don't expect Zen 3 to come to consumers next year necessarily. Maybe laptop. But what you got to understand is they might do a lineup with the um, Zen 4000 series where there are versions that have stacked memory and more threads. And there are some that don't. Like they might have the 4950X, 16 cores, 48 threads, one gigabyte stacked memory, $1,000. And then they yeah. might go down to the 4900X. All right, this is just a 5 gigahertz 12 core, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they might go down. And then they might have one. They might have a 8 core, 38, 4800X, one gigabyte stacked memory, you know, eight cores. 24 threads, they might do that, but yeah. they might just charge a lot of money for those versions. Yeah. And that's kind of how Broadwell worked. I mean, yeah, that's how I would think this would go, like it, adding HBM and all that shit on. And, and they're just trying these things out. They're giving you the performance where you need it in the processors that make sense to use it. But Zen 4 is when they kind of just make the whole package together and start making it a standard. Yeah. Again, it's they're taking steps, people. <laughs> uh, I think that's an interesting story, though. That's something we've been talking about for a while. It's fun to see that pop up again. Um, all right, let's move on, though. Uh, number eight, AMD is already taking market share before Navi even came out. What do you think about this story, Dan? So, uh, so just to be clear, Radeon took market share from yes, NVIDIA yeah. in quarter two. Um, and, and for the first time in years. And I mean, like, when we say take market share, I mean, they yeah. sold more graphics cards than NVIDIA in quarter two. Um, let me see. What is it? So, it, uh, yeah, it looks like AMD is up. Shipments are up 9.8%. Well, NVIDIA was a flat line and Intel's decreased by 1.4%. Yeah. Um, I, I made a big deal about it, though, just because technically this is the first time it's happened in years. And I saw a lot of articles saying, oh, and this is because this is the first time AMD's had good graphics cards since the 290X, even though AMD, no, 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 no. The 290X did not actually do that well. Uh, it was basically game over by the time the 290X came out. And that's because this is a thing I keep harping on nonstop. It's about mind share. I find this so funny how many other TechTuber channels say it's about the mind share, and then when AMD gets mind share, they say AMD can't win. Well, which one is it? Because <laughs> AMD's got mind share again. Everyone loves AMD. You have video after video of people saying AMD is a market leader. Well, are they or aren't they? Because if they are, they're going to sell more cards. And my point in that video about, I'm right, <laughs> is that, dude, tune. 2019 has been the AMD hype year. It doesn't matter that Zen 2 didn't come out until July. People were only talking about Navi and Ryzen this whole year. Am I wrong? No. I mean, there was the there's the week where we were talking about the supers. The week at most. The and dumbest Intel, launch ever. Intel, for the most part, has just been like... <laughs> Yeah, you you guys are on the bench until 2022. That's yeah. that that's what's going on with them. Until you're drunk, go home. <laughs> but yeah, AMD is clearly like the one-two punch, great graphics, great uh processing sh shit coming out, but you so you're uh, essentially attributing you think Mindshare is the it's reason just mind that share. they're It takes a while to catch up and I uh this is a video I, not well I mean I get, it got a decent amount of yeah. views, but I thought it should have gotten more. 
I thought it should have been one of my best videos. It was actually a play on the words of uh, one of Adored's biggest videos, uh, the tech lo- the tech press loses the plot, where he talks about how people were like not talking well of Zen 1, even though it was the most impressive launch in years. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And so I called mine, the tech press catches the plot. Yes. And, and, that's, and I talked to Chris, the good old gamer, about this, and he agreed completely. He, I was like, so what do you think of this Zen 2 launch? He says, it's like literally a complete repeat of Zen 1. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, it's still behind Intel and gaming by 5%. It still has more cores. That's it. Zen 1, people forget, was eight cores versus four cores. And now it's 12 or 16 cores versus eight cores. It's literally the same situation. If you look at gaming performance, the 7700K was only like 10% better (laughs) than the 1800X. That's it. And now, oh, the 9900K is like 5% better than the 3900X. It's the same. It's basically the same, except now everyone gets it. Yeah, I guess we'll see like what happens like when there's another reversal, uh, reversal of mindshare. But it seems like the actual innovation mm-hmm. has a two-year lag time between when the yes. press realizes there's an innovation. Because I want to be very clear about what I mean. I'm saying Zen Two relative to the 9900K is basically the same as the 1800X relative to the 7700K. Basically, it's slightly better. But it's, it's not that different. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say head to head, it's the best matchup so far. But and, and yet, every video is Intel loses. It's insane for me to see this. I'm mm-hmm. like, the only thing I can say for sure is that now all gaming performance is better. And so before you had Ryzen processors only getting about 110 frames a second, now they're getting 150. Yeah, and there was that stuff. So I guess that's a thing. And there was stuff with the right, uh, and like, no one cares if Intel gets 160. And there was stuff with like Threadripper, where Threadripper's gaming performance it wasn't was a necessarily lot worse. very good. Now Threadripper's just as good. Yeah. So it, yeah, and I, all of this stuff is led by. Ex, at least and I think the, the next Threadripper might actually be the best gaming processors. That'd be funny. That would be funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all of this is the forward-facing press is based on how people perceive it for gaming performance. So. Even if it's not necessarily uh, the most important thing for what's overall what's the money being made. If you want gaming performance, you get a 3600. It, it makes up it makes up the dominant mind share. But yeah, I just think there's a lag time. I think it takes years for, for it to hit get through people's thick skulls. And now it's gotten through. And I think 2019 is when everyone realized, hey, uh, you're a moron <laughs> if you buy a 9900 k over a 2700 x And you saw that. Over and over, that the 9900K is only 10% stronger for Dumble the Money. So it's like, yeah, I know Zen 2 and Navi wasn't out yet, but hello, everyone's realized it's better. And that's where I think this comes from. And I think it's going to get so, so, so much worse later this year. Like when you actually have Navi and when Zen Navi. 2 sales. Well, everything we're seeing right now is that Zen 2 is outselling Intel like, Gangbusters. Yeah, and when the like, actual, it's like it's a game over, and when the full high end shit comes out, <laughs> and what do you? And this is what I keep saying. My first big video. When I say big, five thousand views. <laughs> my first one. That was when I was getting hundreds of views a video. My first one to blow up was reality will catch up with Intel, and I said it's not going to happen till Zen three. Wait for it. Wait for what happens. When you have all this mindshare still building, and then Zen 3 comes out. 
Yeah. It's going to be nothing but making fun of Intel memes. Yeah. Uh, so, and that, and, and now we're at least to the point where at the singularity where people are recommending AMD more and these sales clearly show it had nothing to do with their actual performance that it just took mind share. And that's what's so pathetic. That's why Fermi outsold the 6,000 series. It was mind share. Yeah. Even that's though, my point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's stupid, but I wanted to tell you guys. All right, number nine, I don't want to spend too much time on. It's the AMD lawsuit uh, for Bulldozer. We touched on that a sec, uh, few minutes ago. but I read the story, and I'm disappointed. I cannot, based on the I know, is legal, it only California? Only California, or uh, it was either and or people that bought from AMD as the vendor. Uh, so yeah, which I, wasn't really that much of a thing back then. I unfortunately can't claim my $35, which I'm a little disappointed in, but... Well, I see a lot of some people making a big deal about this, and it's like $12 million is chump change. Yeah. And they like, literally were like, wait, we can kill this for 12 mil, and most people won't claim it. So we're really probably settling it for like 2 million. Yeah. And at some point, I think AMD is just, yeah, Bulldozer was, wasn't Done. good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was. Why was AMD fighting this? And this, there were stories like this, by the way, for four years. Yeah. You saw them, right? Well, yeah, because I remember when I was first getting into it. Um, what was it when I was at, uh, Googling shit about uh, Bulldozer? I was like, well, they're not really, they don't really have four slash eight cores. I mean, this has been the con- pub- in the public consciousness since Bulldozer has existed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that there's some lawsuit that they decided to settle out of. But Yeah, and they waited this long because now their mind share is good, and they know if they settle this, they no one will care. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we admit it. Bulldozer sucked. They're willing to admit it now. <laughs> Even though they just recently launched new pile driver and excavator chips for certain customers. Well, I know what I'm getting next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 10, 2080 Ti exists, which is not surprising. I don't know if you guys get this. 2080 Ti Super, right? Yeah. 2080 Ti Super is just out there. It's a 12 gigabyte card. Uh, this is one of those pet peeves of mine whenever people say, yeah, I know some people wish the 2080 Ti had 22 gigabytes. <laughs> no, I wish it had 12. You guys understand, they literally just saved 5 to $10 and removed one chip. You can look on them. There's just an empty chip. I've heard some people suggest that you could possibly solder on <laughs> another gigabyte chip and be done. Like, this is ridiculous. These are 11 gigabyte cards for two reasons. So they can make another $10 on a 300% profit margin. And also, I've heard so that old Titan buyers don't feel bad and so that certain AI workloads that are built for 12 gigabytes of RAM don't work well, like lose 20% performance. So you need to get the next thing up yeah. on the 2080 Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's completely cool. arbitrary. Yes. I don't know how else <laughs> to put it. I, well, HBM's on package, so they couldn't have just removed it. The most they could have done is maybe removed a whole four gigabytes. Mm-hmm. That really wouldn't have been arbitrary. It would have just been a cheaper card. <laughs> like, this was arbitrary. But supposedly, yeah, that people know that there's 2080 Ti Supers, and they're just using them for GeoForce Now servers, which we all love GeoForce Now. Yeah, we are all using it. All the time. This and is why you buy NVIDIA. According to this article... The implementation of the 2080 Ti Super 12 gigabytes has been flawless. <laughs> and by flawless, I mean it doesn't work. But what do you mean, elaborate? 
Uh, they were noticing a lower performance than uh, uh, their Pascal thing, uh, than Pascal chips that were previously being used on For it. For streaming? Yeah. Interesting. And they don't exactly know why, but they had to pull them temporarily to oh. fix bugs. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what to say about that, except that, look, the only person I would... Um, right now, the biggest streaming company um, for games, obviously, the biggest streaming company is Netflix. But the biggest streaming company for games is PlayStation, whether people like to admit it or not. They make more money than all other streaming gaming competitors combined by like a factor of three or something. <laughs> like, I know you guys don't think it's true, but it is. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars a year off PlayStation now, which surprises yeah. me. I want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, it I surprises me. Because I remember learning about that and I was like, really? Really? Uh, they don't advertise PlayStation now at all. I guess it's just... But it's doing well. I guess it's just... And I think it will be free with the PS5's PlayStation Plus, by the way. I, I'm surprised there isn't something like that already. Or like it another should be tier, free with it. Well, Xbox I, I is going to do it eventually anyway, so they're going to have to. How much is the PlayStation Now subscription, though? I mean... It's like, I don't remember. Okay. I don't... I, no I never humored getting it. it. Yeah, yeah, I never humored getting it, but... And I have no interest in getting it, because... I, I, it's just never going to work as well. It, it's not that expensive, guy. Yeah. <laughs> a PS4 Pro works fine. Now, you can use it to run PS3 games, I guess. It just gives you some janky backwards compatibility in a way, but not yeah. really. I guess, yeah. I don't know. but And that supposedly works substantially better than GeoForce Now. And Google Stadia, which a lot of people think will fail, will probably work better than both. I don't know, though. Uh, Sony's actually parked Nareen with Microsoft on that just so they can't be killed by Google. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I would not bet on GeoForce now over, because now it's basically combined, right? PlayStation plus Microsoft are now allies in one realm, <laughs> which is interesting, versus Stadia versus NVIDIA. NVIDIA is a pipsqueak compared to these companies. Yeah. Um, People have a hard time remembering how small of a company they are compared to like Sony or Microsoft. Compared to like the mega the corporations. Which a lot of people seem to forget Sony is huge. Yes. Like, actually, like I, I'm not going to pull it up now. And I don't know. They're probably smaller than they used to be. But I, uh, when I was in high school, you know, you had all these Xbox fanboys. And they would say, well, you know, Microsoft can just outspend Sony. And it's just like, well, yes. But they don't necessarily have more resources. And they're like, what do you mean? I'd be like, well, Sony has double the employees. Yeah, so I just looked it up. So Sony has 114,000 employees compared to, <laughs> what, NVIDIA? It's like 10,000. Yeah, I think 10, 15,000, something yeah. like that. Yeah. This is a joke. <laughs> like competing with PlayStation streaming NVIDIA. Come on. I don't care that you make that. People forget that NVIDIA is not as scary as they think. Yeah. They just have a stranglehold on one market right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and they will release the 20, <laughs> bringing it full circle. <laughs> Man, we got off subject. They will bring the 2080 Ti Super out when the 5800 XT launches. Yeah, probably. And it will probably be 10, 15% stronger. Yeah. Uh, and I still don't know if it's going to be able to compete. Well, I mean, I it'll compete, it, but... I guess it's based on how all of this is priced. Well, and, I, and I've done this a million times because people keep asking, even though I've answered it a million times, guys. Uh, the 5800 XT, let's just think about it. If it's $400 for the 5700 XT, a 384-bit version with 60 compute units, let's say. It'll be around there. So 50% more for performance. <laughs> First of all, the 5700 XT, the AIB models, are only like 
10% weaker than a 2080 Super, maybe 15%. So a 50% stronger chip's going to blow away the 2080 <laughs> Super. And I believe the 2080 Ti non-Super is only 20% stronger than the 2080 Super. So like a cut down 5800 XT, assuming they can scale the performance up, which I see no reason why they couldn't. Um, yeah, I mean, you put that at, you know, let's say it's 30% stronger than the 5700 XT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sell for $550. $550. Yeah. <laughs> that just completely white. Well, maybe 600 I don't know. Yeah, but the, I, I think 650 or even 680 679 is what they should put the 5800 XT at. And yeah. it's like 50, that's more than 50% more than yeah. the 5700 XT. <laughs> Everyone keeps thinking they'll charge more for it. Why? I don't think they would. They're still making gigantic profit margins compared to the 5700 XT. And then you have a card for, ha- yeah, almost exactly half the price of the 2080 Ti that's probably 20% stronger. And then the 2080 Ti Super will probably almost tie it. Yeah. If not, tie it. Yeah. But I I suspect they would go all out, make a 300-watt mega card for that (laughs) because they don't want to lose that performance crown. Yeah, so... But that's there. They could launch it now. The question is if they would... They'd probably charge a 1000 bucks for it still. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know if this is the... Remember, the 5900 is coming, so I think that's going to be 900. The 5900 XT is going to be like 1500. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And everyone I, keeps forgetting that this is not the top die. Yeah. And I guess we don't know when AMD is going to is going to be like the clear mindshare winner, at least in this market uh, with GPUs, because I don't know if it's they're at the same it, spot uh, yet that they but are. With. No, it's CPU. As long as there's CPU yeah. mindshare is doing well, that helps their GPU. Well, yeah, I mean, what you illustrated that in the video once that like it's all about the CPU. They're a CPU company. It's kind of like. If, if Intel CPUs fall apart, no one's going to want their SSDs because they think of Intel as a subpar company. Yeah. And, Not nobody, but a lot of people. And I forgot exactly how you illustrated it, but it was like... I graphed but it, Radeon well, market share yeah. versus NVIDIA, and then I put uh, data well, points for CPU launches. Yes, yes. I, I forgot if you had if it was the other way around, but that makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah, and it's just hilarious to watch how much mindshare correlates with not just what you're actually c- buying. Complete, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. How much m- more important mindshare is than the actual products are in a lot of So, places. So the, the point being, if NVIDIA still wanted to charge $1,000 for something that's not better than AMD's, let's say, $700 model. They still could, I would think, for maybe another year. I don't know. I, I, I don't think they could. <laughs> I, th- I really think people overestimate NVIDIA right now. Their sales are down. That's, Their sales are down. That's true. Like, well, people shit on NVIDIA a lot now. Yeah, you're seeing it a lot more, but I still, I I still see, Uh, yeah, I I still see NVIDIA defenders versus uh, the, uh, oh, I'm not saying they'll take most of the market share in a year, uh, but I'm saying that I don't, I think they would not make as much money as they would if they would just drop that dumb thing to like $700. (laughs) It should have always been seven hundred. Yeah, it should have always been six hundred. But, <laughs> but yeah, let's move on. So TU one hundred two in a laptop. Uh, there's a Quadro six hundred twenty four gigabyte. I mean, this is a Titan RTX in a laptop. That's what that is. <laughs> and so I just brought it up because I was always wondering when they would do this. 
How much power does it use? That's I don't know. The laptop crazy. looks attractive. Yeah, it's not one of those unattractive things like with those super. Well, it's laptop. for professional people who render. Yeah, it's so a they don't want to see a big ass alien on it. <laughs> but I always, yeah, I always wonder though, like how how much performance they would sacrifice if they just clocked it at like a thousand megahertz, which they're doing with Turing cards. But like, what about eight hundred? What if they just took a, t- a Titan RTX, clocked it at eight hundred megahertz, so half what it normally is? but kept the memory mostly the same speed, it'd probably be 75% of the performance. And then they yeah. could, and then I wonder well, if they could get it down to 100 watts and make, you know, an 18-inch laptop that is stronger than even anything AMD has in desktop now. And has an hour and 45-minute battery life. Yeah, I know. But it, I guess... But as long as they can make it portable. Yes. Um, I, I guess I'm curious, like... And yeah, then I, in I mean, downclock mode, it's at 400 megahertz, so you get battery life. That'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, what, 75% performance with a half core clock? I think that's reasonable, isn't it? I, I, I guess I don't know if the speed for one of these is a bottleneck for the well, other. Well, it depends, but. too. Different architectures are better at scaling with perf- not losing performance the lower you, cl- I'm sorry, the lower you lower vo- voltage compared to others. Like my 7970, I got that down to 100 watts perform, 120 watts performing 10% above stock by massively overclocking the memory and then massively undervolting it and running it at, I believe, 900 or 800 megahertz. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if I remember. And it used no energy. <laughs> and I, if I'm remembering correctly with the, our, all of our 7000 series cards that we used, it was pretty much, uh, it was pretty close to like linear performance up to a certain point. Like, As you increase energy. As long as you tweak the voltage and everything. Yeah, and as long as you increase clock, and clock and memory, it was half yeah, of the equation. Yeah, it, it scaled very for, well. And Vega scales, if you tweak it correctly, insanely well. I mean, they have 100-watt Vega 56s in laptops. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's 90% of the performance while using a, less than half the energy. I know NVIDIA cards don't scale that well. It's just something that I'm curious about. When are we going to start seeing Titan laptops? I mean, there's $4,000 laptops. We might as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why we haven't yet. I'm surprised we haven't yet, at least. <laughs> like, isn't that the next step for NVIDIA, trying to get you to pay five grand for a laptop? Well, that's what they're doing now. They're trying to get you to pay five grand for a laptop with this. And some people will buy it, I'm sure. Yeah, if you need to use it for certain professional tasks, it'd have to be so specific, though. Like, I need to go into the middle of a cornfield, boot up for an hour, and render some test. Or if you're like a rich kid going to design school. Like, oh, I'd better get the best and buy this, even though you don't really need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's be honest. That's who this is for. And in fact, I heard someone make this argument. Apple's kind of abandoned their high-end rendering laptops lately. And so NVIDIA made this huge quadro uh, laptop push this year. The year a- Apple stopped making big, powerful notebooks. <laughs> so... <laughs> NVIDIA is doing something. They're doing it on purpose. They're like, here we go. Try, trying to take the spot, trying to take yeah. Apple's spot in that part of the market. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting, though. I do I do like to see the limits of engineering, even if there's six grand. As I said, <laughs> I wish the Titan was twice as powerful and $5,000, so at least we could call it a Titan. Yeah. Instead of just calling it a freaking 2080 <laughs> with enough RAM. <laughs> All right, Dan, that is all of the main stories. Dope. 
Um, one, I will get to a few reader mail questions at the end here, but before I do, just a big announcement. Me and Dan are launching another podcast called Die Shrink. Um, I did some polling and I just did a lot of conversing with people in the comments section. And it's clear you guys want more podcasts and it's also clear some of these are getting too long. So here's what's happening. What, Dan? (laughs) These are getting too long sometimes? What? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't want to drive our audio editor insane Insane, by sending him two-hour podcasts anymore. This one alone will probably be still an hour and 20. So here's what's going to happen. Every other Thursday, I want to do a quote-unquote Dan episode where we go through the news. Every other Thursday. Eventually, I think that's probably where we're going to keep it, though, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, my life's going to get very, very busy very soon. So, <laughs> But I think it would actually create less work for us if we did it every other episode. Yeah. And you guys want more of us talking because we're such funny fuckers. So that's what's going to happen. And in between that, when I can, there will be an interview, a small bonus episode. I will try to make this weekly. Every Thursday, a new Broken Silicon. And if you don't get one on a Thursday, there will be one on the next one. It'll become much more stable. Additionally, we're going to start doing more focused conversations in Die Shrink. Now, this will be a Patreon-exclusive podcast. I was going to make it a little more, but... If you subscribe to the $2 level, you get access to Die Shrink. The first episode will be on me and Dan talking about if we actually think games are getting worse. And we'll talk about Moore's Law in genetics, which, Dan, do you have to deal with the concept of Moore's Law? Uh, I mean, it's mostly just in presentations, and I always find it funny whenever we're talking about, whenever I see some conversation, I mean, not conversation, presentation about genetics, especially genomics, it turns into... Some graph with like, look at Moore's law and how much faster genetics is than Moore's is accelerating than Moore's law. And it's just, yeah, it's, they're different things. Yeah. <laughs> and Moore's law has been dead for 30 years. Again, yes. that's what Jim Keller said. <laughs> Get mad at me, even though I definitely agree with that. But yeah, so in summary, more broken silicon. It used to be like every, I would guess, nine days. Now it will probably be on average every eight, at least every other week. And there will, uh, there's going to be one, right? You're hearing this on a Thursday and there will be one the next week. And will there be one the week after that? It's going to be a pretty much be every Thursday, you'll get a new broken silicon and then you'll get a new dye shrink at least every other week or something. That's it. And so if you subscribe to my Patreon at the $2 or higher level, you will get that. And I will try to release, when possible, Broken Silicon episodes ad-free and early to the 10 gigahertz or higher supporters. And the 10 gigahertz and higher people can vote on the next Die Shrink episode. So a lot of changes coming, more content. You guys clearly wanted it, and you wanted more news episodes. So Wait, Also, are you saying 10 gigahertz instead of $10? It's both. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So there's the 10 gigahertz level, which gets you access to voting for um, next. Well, it gets you access to a lot of things. Go to to Patreon. I've actually updated all the tiers. Okay. So there's a lot more ways to interact with the community and me. Um, Read it. And and I want to be clear. As time goes on, guys, I don't have 1,000 subscribers anymore. I have almost 18,000 subscribers, and it's continuing to grow at a pretty steady rate. And additionally, I'm putting out more and more content. And every hour I spend talking to you guys is an hour I'm not making a video. So use reader mail. That's why also there's going to be more episodes of both Die Shrink and Broken Silicon, so that 
Me and Dan can answer your questions there. And also, I feel like we answer your questions better because you don't know what mood I'm in. I might have just worked eight hours, made two videos, and then I'm drunk and sitting on the couch and you ask me a multi-paragraph question about cash coherency. And I'm just like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And I apologize when I do that in the Discord, guys, but you got to understand. Reader mail is where you can get me and Dan to really answer questions. And you know, we, and so let's think about it, right? There's broken silicon every week where I answer reader mail. Then there's going to be a die shrink every other week where I answer reader mail. And then at the end of every month, there's like a two hour podcast on YouTube live stream where I answer your questions. That's where you're going to get better answers. Don't expect me to just. There's a two hour. There's a two hour live stream where you are forced to drink alcohol. Where I'm forced to drink alcohol against my will until I go no, no more. And then even one guy tipped me. Here's two dollars to drink water. That was nice of him. That's very nice of him. But yeah, so just big announcements. Seriously, two dollars. You now get more podcasts and. If you get some of the higher tiers, you can ask questions and read or mail. And even higher tiers, you'll get the podcast early and ad-free. There's really no ads in them yet, uh, but there will be pretty soon. I have people reaching out to me. So just, you know, keep that in mind. This is long-term thinking. All right. Now to make that announcement, let's get to the last of the reader mail. Um, I've had a lot of people apologizing for abbreviating broken silicon BS. I'm not oblivious. I realize the abbreviation would be bullshit. Uh, that's fine. Uh, piss on me, beat me. Home here now. Home here now. Yeah, it's fine, guys. You can call us bullshit. Uh, Additionally, I have an interesting conspiracy theory here that I'm going to read, Dan, from Carbon Cry. After you revealed the end-of-year recap stream you're planning with Dan to be possibly off-screen because he's shy, this leads me to discover the truth. Why do you make so, how can, yeah, why, and I think what he means is how can I make so many videos? Because I do make like twice as many videos as other tech channels. Why do you repeat yourself? Why do you have a different hairstyle in every other goddamn video? Now it is clear. Moore's Law is that it's not Tom, but both of you. You are identical twins giving your ability to make twice the content anyone else can. Dan, are you my twin? I'm not your twin, I don't think. But I do agree, and Tom is looking at me right now, I do have a stupid hairstyle. (laughs) And we will not confirm if it's sometimes Dan sneaking on camera and just talking instead. We will not neither confirm or deny that. I did see in this thread that somebody was talking about how Tom is a genetically altered clone. Created by Dan. I wanted to, I, I would like to insert the drop of, Idris Elba saying, I'm a cyber genetically enhanced supervillain. But <laughs> from Sean Hobbs? From, oh, yeah, Hobbs from and Shaw, Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. But um, we don't Which have those capabilities currently. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I have seen the trailer. The way I would say it is Hobbs and Shaw is good. <laughs> don't go in there expecting war and peace or something. But do go in there expecting Idris Elba to say, I'm a cyber genetically enhanced supervillain. <laughs> and genocide, schmenocide. <laughs> Genocide, schmenocide. <laughs> but um, Wilson on home improvement is also what some people are saying you are. <laughs> the guy looking over the fence. Well, if we just got you a fence and you just had your eyes poking over it the whole live stream. Well, I thought it would be funny if like just for some reason, like there's just 
something blocking like 90% of my face, except you can just like see like my forehead for some reason. That would be funny. <laughs> just your forehead with your long hair. And that's yes. just all they know. Yes. Yeah. Well, so we won't confirm. Moving on, actually, I had a lot of reader mail questions about Bitcoin. I, of course, had that big <laughs> Bitcoin article come out. I like that bloke calls it buttcoin. I actually am totally in favor. It's fine. You can call it buttcoin. Um, I actually thought about it. I think I'm going to skip some of these questions. I don't know that I have much to say, right? I think the reason I wrote that Bitcoin article was that... I wanted my opinions out there in case people ask, because I mentioned Bitcoin. And it's like, why do I mention Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin got me into PC hardware. Yeah. Like the mining, the, the benchmarking, the overclocking of five different cards from one architecture at the same time, multiple times. You can thank Bitcoin for that. You can thank Bitcoin because people mined Ethereum and sold it for Bitcoin uh, for all those Polaris BIOS modding guides. Those were all miners that gave you that, people. You know, so Bitcoin's part of PC hardware. That's why I talk about it. And I made that article so that you guys know what my stance is. And I don't think I want to talk about it much anymore because I got into some debates with people in the Discord and it's very clear it's going nowhere. You know? Yeah, there's... What's the point? Like, you guys clearly haven't read half of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's people that want to read about it and there are people that are, well think it's stupid. I, I don't know how much. Well, most people don't think it's stupid, but there are people that keep trying to bring up altcoins. And I have nothing to say anymore about that stuff. Yeah. Dan just made a gigantic eye roll. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, I thought of what I will say, though. I will say one more thing. I, I will say one more thing about Bitcoin. I don't want to talk about lightning or any of this crap because I don't care. Lightning isn't some big. Th I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not Bitcoin. It's I don't know. It's just a thing. Like, yeah. It's a side channel. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it works. But, you know, uh, here's what I will say. Everyone to who told you to buy altcoins last year lost you money. Everyone who told you to buy Bitcoin last year made you money. Mm -hmm. Holding altcoins is the same as buying them. You're basically betting that they're going to gain money. And they're not. <laughs> That's all I want to say. You can argue about this or about that. But the fact is I'm right. And I keep being more right. And you guys can hold your bags and argue with me all you want, but I'm done arguing. Every year you lose money, I'm more right. I, I'm just putting my foot down here. Everyone who told, you can say people are Bitcoiners, whatever that means. Because I want to be clear about that too. I don't think of a lot of people I follow as Bitcoiners. I just think they program for Bitcoin because they think it makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't think of myself as a Bitcoiner. I just know this is the one that matters. Really? Yeah. I still own a couple of altcoins. But the point is this. Again, here's the point. Everyone who tells you to buy altcoins has lost you money. Everyone. Everyone who told you to buy Bitcoin made you money. Stop listening to the people who are wrong every year. That's it. And, and, and you, again, you can argue. But they have been wrong every year. I think it's also important to illustrate, to, uh, not illustrate, to emphasize. Um, I think a lot of that feeling is driven from the fact that comes from the fact that people realize that they could have uh, learned about this in 2010 or something, 
And kind like, of, like, yeah. They want it. They want. To it was get on. very hard to buy it though until 2012. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember in like 2010 we learned about it, and then we kind of just like well, 2012. I learned about it. Was it that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and then a couple. Years I don't. Later, re- maybe you did. I don't remember hearing about it. And then it. like a couple. Yeah, a couple years later, it, we realized, oh, this is a real thing. And if we would, yeah, because it's put, still here. If we would have actually put effort into it, we might be millionaires. Yeah, <laughs> we, we could have quite feasibly become millionaires if I would have put a hundred dollars into it in two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah, but we're not. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not. You know. So it. Although we won't confirm what we have, and no, no one should. But yeah, again, that's all I want to say. I don't want to talk about Bitcoin a lot. This is PC hardware. I'm going to bring it out because it's important and it is related to PC hardware. But it's just like, I'm not going to only argue with you guys about PlayStation. I'll bring it up when it makes sense. And frankly, PlayStation is more of a relevance to gaming hardware than yeah, Bitcoin Especially does. now that altcoins are starting to die out and they, they're they going to, I, I don't think we're going to see mining booms like we used to. Again, I just, last thing I'm going to say. Everyone who gave you advice to buy altcoins lost you money. It's not an argument anymore. It's a fact. You have less money. Listen to me or continue to be more wrong. I don't care anymore. And I'm done (laughs) arguing about it. And I really recommend the little Bitcoin book. Um, I bought it. It's $8 on Amazon for a physical copy and $3 for the digital. So I recommend that as a good starting point. Some of it's a little... Uh, it's good. It's very good. It's the best that you can have as a jumping off point. It's only 100 pages. It really does cover all of the main points of view. So, And if you have Bitcoin questions, feel free to put them in reader mail. But (laughs) make them specific and uh, don't make them too long because I'm not interested in arguing anymore. Yeah. Uh, The other way is to learn it piecemeal over like six years after like we after did. making every mistake. Yeah. But that's what happens. It seem and that's what I put in my Bitcoin uh paper is that it's like it just seems like everyone's doomed to make the same mistakes for three years and eventually you'll figure it out. Yeah. Or you'll die. Or you could you either or you live list- long enough to become a Bitcoiner or die an altcoiner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what a great quote. All right, I'm done talking about Bitcoin. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> um all right, one more question, and it is result, and it is about PC hardware. Miles Metal asks, would average frame time in milliseconds, including the usual 1% and 0.1% low results, be a more accurate metric of GPU and CPU performance in games versus frames per second? The frame time difference between 30 and 60 FPS is, you know, but basically, you know, should we be looking at 0.1% lows, 1% lows, frame rates at all? Um, and my opinion was, I think those slowed down 0.1% low graphs gamers nexus does now are actually kind of some of the best stuff uh it, i mean it depends on what you're looking at because so, so many cards it's if you're looking at the average performance it's like 110 frames per second or 70 frames per second 70 frames per second is especially important because if it's not stable that's going to dip to like 50 sometimes and yeah, I think like bottom one percent of frames and frame time is pretty important. Like, yeah, it's basically trying to measure minimum frames without being stupid about it. Yeah, like Metro had a problem. <laughs> Metro twenty thirty three just had a lot of problems with performance. Yeah, and I think like a thing you could look at like variance in frame times. I guess so. How? But again, if you just look at a frame time graph over time next to a scene running, 
you can actually see the graph going up and down in real time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best you get. Honestly, Digital Foundries, even though they've turned into giant NVIDIA shills, which is unfortunate. I don't know why this has to keep happening. Like every good website just gets bought by NVIDIA. Well, I do know why, mm-hmm. actually, because they have money. And people don't have integrity. But you, those graphs where they show frame times of two graphics cards next to each other, that's really the best, I think. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I would just say the way TechSpot does it is good. And they remove cards or put big arrows when they're like, by the way, this felt like crap. And they actually watch them. That's what it takes. And, and that's what I do. I just show the average frame rate because there's no point in me showing 0.1% lows. I will pay attention to minimums while it's running. And I'll tell you, this felt really unstable, which I have before. Which I said the 5700 felt a little smoother for its frame time than Vega did. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think that to some degree, a lower frame a lower frame rate with more stable frame time is better in some ways than... Oh yeah, frame. that's what a we're talking about. It's about the minimums. Yes. Which is definitely. all you really look at, isn't it? Like when you're tweaking your graphics settings, don't you just look at the lowest it drops to and then up it? Yeah, because I don't want to... I, I, I want lock 60 or at least lock 55. Yeah, I don't want to play at 60 FPS average with a drop to 45 every... like. 10, 20 seconds. Yeah, if it drops terrible. from 60 to 55 in every blue moon, and it's usually 58 or 59, it's fine. Yeah. And I usually, on my 144 hertz monitor, try to hold it above 120. As long as it's above 120 and it's generally jumping between 130 and 140, it feels really smooth. And I'm happy with that. You know, what variance is that? Less than 10%. And it's, is you know, but the goal is to keep it at 140. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, minimums are what matters. And if you want the best graph you can get, you don't always need to have them. I really think averages are fine as long as people like TechSpot are doing the proper work around benchmarking to say, because averages are the easiest to read. Yeah, because if you're looking at average- Of a lot of cards at once. If you're looking at average frame time, I mean, I guess if that were the standard that we started with, instead of looking at Hertz- I guess you could make the argument, well, we would just know, well, 16.67 hertz. That's that's what looks good I, I, I right mean, now. I think graphs are just so good at summarizing the data. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, average frame rate bar graphs. Yeah, I know, and I'm saying... But that- again, if you could just take 10 cards and actually show a line graph moving while the game's running, you know, all 10 cards, and you see some go up and down in different scenes above each other, that's really the best way to do it. And, but that's not, there's no way to summarize that. But yeah, and with his initial question where he's saying with average frame times, it's the the information really isn't different. It's just if we would have started out reporting average frame times instead of average, average frame rate, that's just the way we would view it because you're not getting any more data out of hearing average frame time. Like an in depth graph of frame times is way different than an average. And I think that seeing those is better, but yeah. But there's no way to, again, there's no way to summarize. You can only do that for one game. You can't summarize 10 games with this ideal way of showing it. You have to use an average frame rate eventually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's why I think using both is fine, as long as you take into account in the average, hey, uh, this one had a problem, so we docked it points or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. (laughs) All right, Dan, that is everything. And as usual, this will probably be the last mega long episode, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) But that's a good thing because that means you guys should get about an hour and 10 minutes or an hour long episode every other week and then interviews in between them. So 
Much yeah. more coming. And that'll save us time and give you more content. And again, subscribe to Patreon at the $2 or higher level, and you will get Die Shrink. Again, the first one's going to be on me and Dan talking about if games are getting worse or not over the years. And we have many more coming about like 720p benchmarking. A lot of you want us to just talk about Battlefield 5 because apparently we're funny when we talk about Battlefield 5. Yeah, apparently I do a lot of stupid shit in Battlefield 5 that... Mostly the chat. I mean, we could just do a live stream of you typing to people because it's honestly pretty funny. <laughs> I'm glad I'm a comedian in the battle. You found you found your chat. market. Yeah, it's uh, not no very- pay, <laughs> no recognition, just shit posting about a 9900K in Trump, or oh. a- a- basically just anything that I think would be funny. Yeah, it gets pretty weird sometimes. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to discuss, Dan? Um, no. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Sweet dreams, darling. Broken Silicon, a PC hardware and gaming podcast, is predominantly brought to you by me, Tom, of Moore's Law is Dead. You can find all of my content, including videos, articles, and this podcast at www.moreslawsdead.com. And of course, it is also often co-hosted by my brother, Damn. And it is edited by my sound engineer, Gerard Cortez. You can find his contact information at www.moreslawsdead.com. You can also find the contact information of my article editor, Carbon Cry. Now, of course, if you want to keep the show running, I really do hope you rate me on your podcasting platform of choice. Share it with your friends. And if you have the money, but only if you do, consider supporting me on Patreon at Moore's Laws Dead. If you do, you get access to the Discord to talk to other enlightening people who work not just at AMD, not just at NVIDIA, but often in the server space in other computing areas that people often overlook. And of course, if you support it, you can get access to reading these people's names that keep the show running. But without further ado, let me give thanks to my greatest supporters. On September 7th, 2019, the following supporters at the NetBurst 10 gigahertz or higher level. Bootman, Andre Drake, Dean, Ruckus, Justin Yant, Thomas Rupp, Tomas Baraj, Jesse Blanton, Jordan Becher, Muhammad Al-Kawari, Matthew Brubacher, Prime Tech TV, Justin Parrish, Zachary Martin, Terrence Heron, Colm Marco, Otterwise Tech, Thyrister, The Ninth Dude, Greg Reniger, Kulin Lau, Daniel Cache, Night Rogue 77, Mechanical Philosopher, Libo King Kilo, Bollocks, Derek Evans, Matthew McMullen, Christoph Novak, Neil X01, Matt Salem, Aaron Close, Sexy, Joshi, Frederick Lau, Alexander Dolar, Alothros, Austin Clark, Caden, Greg T. Wanchek, Jacob Barber, and X Sodi. Thank you, everybody, and thank you to Sahara for this music. <laughs>